This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Are you still there? To delete your message, press 7. To save it in the archives, press 9. To hear more options, press 0. What are you What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points Network. Uh, As always, I am your host, your LA Clippers beat writer uh, for Clutch Points, Tomer Zarli. On the other side, on the flip side, we got Ryan Ward, our Lakers beat writer. What up? Very excited as usual. Very enthusiastic. And uh, we're coming to you uh, f- a few days before the NBA trade deadline. We've got uh, less than 72 hours now until the trade deadline hits. Uh, rosters will be set for the for the most part. Um, you know, cores will be set. But um, before we jump into trade deadline stuff, uh, we want to jump into a couple other things. Uh, namely, uh, Kobe Bryant's, the first game the Lakers had since the tragic death of Kobe Bryant um, last Sunday. The Lakers played on Friday night against the Portland Trail Blazers, and uh, it, it was a loss. But I think the loss is the least memorable part of that night. Is that is that correct, Ryan? Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, the game, the game didn't even matter. I mean, once everything got done uh, pregame, it's like people were like, uh, "Why are we even playing the game?" You know. Uh, what like was the atmosphere like from opening opening tip? Crazy. Crazy. The, the only other game I can compare it to, ironically, is Kobe's 60-point game. It was that same kind of atmosphere. And I've never seen so much security and so many, like, different tiers of media credentialing. Like, I'm a seasoned credential, right? So, I, I can basically – I can go anywhere. I can do anything. It doesn't – there's no limitations, I thought. Ooh, a little brag there. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's – that's the point. I mean, I worked to get that, dude. I, right, right, right. There's a lot of years where I was going in there with basically just a piece of paper wrapped around my neck and and them checking it every step of the way. But um, this time, you needed a wristband just to get on the floor, and that's never happened in the entire time I've covered the, the team. And they had, like, you know, uh, Kobe's jersey and uh, Gianna's jersey on top of the chairs because they were supposed to be at that game, apparently. And so they just oh, left those man. two seats open and, and they put roses on both seats and their jerseys draped over it. So everybody was trying to get a shot of that. And then there's that KB logo on, on the floor. It was just crazy. I've, it's, there was, I think, over 350 credentialed media members. I mean, it was so big that they had to open up a totally different area uh, for, the, for the press conference, which was great for us because there's no way – people could have fit in that locker room and in the locker room was still packed. I mean, I went in there and it was still packed, but uh, at least we got to see, you know, Vogel and LeBron AD talk in that, in that room, which was, you know, more comfortable and easier to see them and, and hear them and all that. But 
it was it was just crazy and it was so emotional i mean everybody in there i mean i i teared up like i'd say three quarters of the way through the kobe tribute i I just couldn't hold it back anymore because it was like it was one thing after another after another like you know it was hard going in there seeing all the fans outside la live was just jam-packed um and then you go in and then as i was going in gianna's team from the mama Canada was coming in at the same time all dressed in their gear and i was like oh man this must be you know hard as hell for the, those those girls at the same time and um then you go in the back and it's like no it's all everything's taken and this is <laughs> this is like four o'clock um it was it was just crazy and then you know it was it was uh was it usher singing first and then uh, I can't remember who the guy was. Next, it was a, it was a, I think it was a violinist something or pianist hung? or a, something. A hung. I think it was yeah, he played the yeah. instrument. Yeah, that was tough. That was hard to get through. I mean, it was a long tribute, and you know, rightfully so. But that that was that was difficult to get through. And then we uh, get to LeBron LeBron's speech before the game, and that was tough. I mean, he just threw the speech that was written. Um, away and he wanted to speak from the heart he said and, and he did just that and then all the team coming out everybody dressed in a lakers jersey whether it was 24 or 8 um and kind of baggy baggy jerseys like kobe it, it was cool it was it was a it was a cool tribute i mean sad it's sad but cool at the same time that they went all out i mean the lakers organization went all out doing this i was really impressed by it uh, I think uh, if you didn't watch it, I mean, it's available on YouTube, but basically the order was uh, Usher saying uh, Amazing Grace uh, before the, uh, to start the tribute. And then yeah. they went to cellist Ben Hong, yeah, who, uh, who played. His first name. And, then he, and then he played, I believe, did he play during Kobe's uh, yeah, video? Yeah. yeah, so Kobe spoke to fans, and it was just a, uh, it was it was just a lot of his, you know, compil. It was a compilation of his of his audio of his of his quotes from the past, and it was almost like a message to fans, and I think that hit home. Uh, it, hit, it hit really hard, and then they went with I think it was Boys to Men for the national anthem. Yeah, which yeah. had a bunch of players in tears at that point. AD was visibly well, tearing that, up. LeBron. And then Qu- Quinn Cook could barely hold it together. He was. And he's basically getting held up by LeBron on the bench and on the floor when they're, you know, uh, national anthem. It's it just. And then after the yeah after rough, the man. after the national anthem, they had uh, LeBron give his speech. Um, sort of, it looked like he just went off not off the rails, but just did his own thing, you know, yeah. from the heart sort of thing, which which was nice to see. Um, and he was able to keep it together during that, which was shocking. I couldn't, to me. couldn't imagine how tough that that's got to be. Yeah. You're talking to a whole crowd that's that's mourning, uh, the millions of people that are watching. Just, just crazy, man. I mean, I can't. It, it was just a weird. I mean, it's a regular season game that doesn't really matter. You know, it's a, a random opponent of you know the Blazers, and it was probably one of the most unforgettable games I'll ever watch. And it's and it had nothing to do with basketball. You know. Yeah, I think one of the. Um what was it I was going to say? Um, the, the players post game. I mean, they were they were openly emotional. Um, I, mean, I don't want to say emotional, but you know, the, they felt the weight of the game. I mean, having done that tribute just before the game, I mean, you could see it. The, the game didn't really matter as much. You know, LeBron was was sharing some stories, and, and AD was telling the story about how 
his first encounter with Kobe went when I think it was Team USA reminding him yeah. to always have his yeah. jersey on. And, um, you know, Quinn Cook grew up a diehard Lakers fan. So uh, it just it, it was a tough scene. It was a tough scene all night. Uh, and I think I think I think they were almost happy to get that game out of the way, well, and I then think jump right into Sacramento's game on Saturday night. The one thing I took from it at the end, at the end of the game, was uh, everyone was exhausted. They were just it was just pure exhaustion, and kind of just letting it all out that night. And uh, you could tell the guys the guys just wanted to go home. They just wanted to rest, and they and they couldn't because they had to go straight to Sacramento, right? So um, emotionally. Mentally exhausting. Yeah, just and it was everybody. It was the media too. I mean, the, the media. There's plenty of people that I saw that. Every uh, it was one thing that was crazy to me was uh, the media. The media members that I know and I'm cool with. Each one of them asked me how I was doing, how I was dealing with it, and I would ask the same of them. And it's it's like we all knew, you know, that it it messed us up. It wasn't a matter of whether you liked him or not or, or how long you covered him, it just everybody knew. Everybody's like, how are you doing? Are you okay? So Man, was tough. In case, you, in case you didn't know, just to compare like what this game was, uh, NBA Finals games usually get about 350 to 400, maybe even 500 sometimes credentials. Uh, so this was an NBA Finals level game in terms of the credentials, uh, I mean, the ticket prices also were, were pretty crazy. Um, it just seemed like, you know, the, the it was it was just a massive game. One of the biggest regular season games I've seen since probably Kobe's final game. Um, I don't think it's it's even close. Easily, um, yeah, easily. You know, guys like like even on the Clippers side, you know, obviously they held the video tribute narrated by Paul George. Um, and, and that was a nice moment. You know, they asked him if he would narrate it. And he said, of course, why, why would I turn that down? And he narrated it pretty well. It, it got, I mean, even I'll admit, I, I got pretty emotional, um, you know, during that tribute for the Clippers because it was, uh, it was just weird. Before that game, you know, the Clippers played the Kings on Thursday night. And uh, Clipper fans were out there on LA Live with Laker fans uh, talking, celebrating, you know, mourning together. Uh, it was a it was a unique experience that I've never seen before, um, but honestly, not surprised to see them come together because um, both sides know how much knew how much Kobe meant to uh, to this city. Um, you even have guys like you know Ivica Zubac. He said like everywhere you know during my time with the Lakers, um, he was he was not there, but you could always feel his presence. Everyone was always talking about Kobe and the things he did, retiring his jersey. Um, you know, Mo Harkless told a story about how he watched only Knicks and Lakers games with his grandma growing up because that's all he had on TV. Uh, and so Kobe was one of the guys he watched. He used to go out in the park and recreate the fadeaway, you know, yell Kobe as you shoot. Um, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi mentioned that, you know, his time working out with Kobe and even Paul George as well. So um, Doc mentioned his, his you know, bouts with, with Kobe and how Kobe would – be a fierce competitor, but even admit sometimes, you know, when he got the when when he got the best of Kobe, uh, Kobe would tell Doc, you know, you guys got me this time, but you know, don't worry, I'll, I'll be back next time. And, and Doc was like, you knew you would have to prepare even even better for the next game. Uh, it was just uh, it affected everyone, but I think I think um, I don't want to say everyone's glad to move on, but I think it's just uh, people are getting back to normal um, in terms of. It's still morning. You still remember everything, but it's just time to sort of 
move on. You know what I mean? I think they cleaned up Staples Center. Uh, I want to say this morning they started yeah. collecting was, some of the flowers and perishables and, and turned them into mulch to pour around LA Live while they took the jerseys and photos and everything else that people left, shoes, basketballs, um, and they and they sent them to, uh, I believe it was like a storage or something for, for best, basically Vanessa Bryant. Vanessa took most of that stuff, if not all of it. Um, don't know if she plans to keep all of it. I mean, it's, uh, it's a good reminder of the amount of love Kobe received from the city. Um, well, I think they're yeah. gonna they're gonna do something with it. They're gonna. I, I would assume that they dedicate some place to it. You know, I mean, they got the Mamba Academy already. Uh, maybe a library or something, or something to that effect. You know, that'd be interesting. Yeah, some kind of memorial deal. You know, and then have that all over the all over the building. I would assume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. We're just going to move right into it because there's I don't, there's not really much stuff to say on Kobe. It's it's tragic. It's it's saddening, really. But um, I think everyone's going to try to do their best to, to move forward and carry on Kobe's, um, you know, greatness, his his legacy, his Mamba mentality, um, for months and years to come. So, um, but we're going to jump right into the trade deadline. Uh, I know it's a bit of a rapid change here, but uh, trade deadline is like seventy two hours away. Thursday, twelve p.m. Eastern. Uh, teams are done making trades at that time. And uh, right now, it looks like both the Lakers and Clippers are rumored to be involved in a lot of... Well, not a lot of deals, but in some deals to improve their rosters. Um, uh, Ryan, dude, I mean, what 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 do the Lakers do? What do they eye right now? What what are they looking at? Uh, you know what? After the you know Kobe passing, I kind of think it just sends such shockwaves through the team that I don't know if they want to break it up now. You know, like... Uh, I mean, they could very well do it. I mean, we, we could be talking now and, and they pull off a trade in 30 minutes or something. But uh, I I think you got to be sensitive to what kind of damage you could do, right? I mean, you guys got all the, the whole team pulling together after such a insane tragedy, you know, and then you just trade one, two, three players away um, days later. I mean, it's... That could have an impact on the locker room. I mean, they could be like, what the hell? You know, like, we just got to this point where chemistry's flowing and we just went through this and then now you just trade people away. It's, so, and I think even LeBron said, like, oh, we don't need to make trades. We, we don't. Interesting. Why, why make a trade? So, I mean, like that really matters. I mean, he's not the GM, even though some people would say in the past he has been <laughs> for teams that he's been on. But, um, Obviously, if they're going to make a deal, I think Kyle Kuzma will be that one big name that moves um, to get somebody else that's an upgrade, probably in the three-point shooting department. Um, and obviously, it's the Kings that keep coming up with uh, – I always screw up when I say his name. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> his name keeps coming up. So, But I know that the numbers don't work. Unless you add another player or a three-team deal somehow, uh, so we'll see what happens there. I, I would assume if anybody's going to get moved, it would probably be him. Um, maybe along with you know some of the guys that don't get much time, Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, uh, just just to make some some tiny improvements uh, to get them to that championship level because that Clippers game I thought was kind of like a uh, it would have been a good 
benchmark uh, game to sort of see where they are. Yeah, just to see like, okay, does this team really need to make a trade? Are they good enough right now? Does something have to be done? But they didn't get that. And they got a game where, I mean, it was basically a throwaway. And Damian Lillard, Lillard just went crazy. Uh, so, oh, it's tough. I, I mean, I would say if I were to guess, I'd say that they don't do anything. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they do at the same time. I I tend to agree with you on that just because um, I, I talked to Daryl the other day and even he was mentioning something similar to what you just said in that uh, the experience they went through on that plane, finding out and being isolated together into the entire week mm-hmm. uh, morning as an organization, uh, it'd be kind of, I think you develop a weird, not a weird bond, but a, a, a specific bond that that if you just if you just trade a, a player six days after that it's uh it's weird it's 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 like a it's insensitive punch. almost yeah it is um, i mean it's unfortunate they're put in that situation but it is what it is right i mean that's what happens you get, and you would think that maybe it would bring them closer together and maybe maybe they rally you know i mean they destroyed the kings when they played them it's almost like they needed to get that one game out of the way and you know the the tribute to Kobe and and then get back to focusing and see where it goes. I mean, I personally think I don't think they're they're good enough to to beat the best of the best in the seven game series right now. Um, but that could obviously change. So we'll just have to see. And Palenka's role in this whole whole thing and how he, how close he was to Kobe. It's it's just really it's it's a complicated situation now. I don't I, know. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I don't know if, if you know, if this is necessarily true, because uh, it's been a little wild and out of late, but um, Stephen A. Smith said he spoke to Kobe Bryant on New Year's Eve about the Lakers roster, and Kobe said they have enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if that's true or, you know, if, if that's exactly how Kobe worded it, but that's interesting, um, if it is. I, but again, I wouldn't be surprised to see them keep the, keep the roster the way it is, uh, just because of the experience they went through. Um, Oddly enough, on the Clippers side, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk. I'll say this. The Clippers are usually very quiet. You know, they don't really – they're not really in the media in terms of uh, guys they're going after. Um, but it is interesting to see a lot of reports around them regarding guys like, uh, you know, Andre Drummond, uh, Robert Covington. Um, a, lot, a lot of these guys, you know, they're, they're – they're they're guys who are being talked about as trade trade uh, guys who could be traded. I mean, Drummond obviously I think is done in in Detroit. Like they want to get rid of him and move on from that. Uh, Robert Covington seems to be getting a lot of interest. Uh, the Rockets just said they're putting Clint Capella on on you know on the table. He's available yesterday. It's, sounds like he's gone for sure. At this yeah. Point. Um, I just uh, that's their owner. I mean, <clears throat> maybe their owner just trying to be a little cheap and get another luxury tax. I'm not sure about that, but um, it's just interesting that um, there's a lot of guys named linked to the Clippers, and usually the Clippers don't don't leak a lot of stuff. So I have to I have to think it's coming from other other sides, like the teams they're talking to potentially. Um, Drummond, for one, you know, is the biggest name that Windhorse brought up today. Brian Windhorse on on Zach Lowe's pod said he thinks to not rule out the Clippers and, and Andre Drummond. Because he thinks he'd fit best to what they're looking for. Can he for. afford him? I would tend to disagree with that. 
Well, they'd have to trade like. Can they afford it? Win- yeah, they they can. Windhorse was saying they could they could trade Harkless, Joe Michael, uh, probably Zubats in a pick. Um, there's there's some good money there, um, but I just don't know if he really moves the needle for you if you're giving up your depth. Uh, I I don't know if that that's good enough. I would say he helps in terms of competing with big teams like say the Lakers. Yeah, so size wise uh, it helps. Yeah, but like, are you really going to move those three or four guys in a pick for? I mean, if your window's now, yeah, maybe you do, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't that's, know that it moves the needle for him. Well, that's the thing for a team like the Clippers, who's never won the, the whole thing. Like, and, and you've got such a talented group right now, and, and you've been able to beat some of the best teams in the league already. Why? Yeah, why not? Just go for it. He's a free agent this summer, right? Uh, I think he's a free agent next summer, I want to say. Oh, so he's got one more year. Yeah. Or a Eight. player option, maybe. Uh, but either way, he's just you know he's he's had issues with effort and and you know sometimes he looks like he's not really into the game. Uh, I don't know why that is. Uh, if I was in Detroit, I think I'd have an issue with effort and not being <laughs> in the game too. Man, uh, this is the final year of his deal. He has a player option for next year at twenty eight million, oh. but it's unclear whether he'll opt out of that or not. Well, he might um, opt in if he comes to the Clippers. I mean, Detroit's going nowhere, man. I mean, yeah. They're shopping Derrick Rose too. He also has, well. he also has an eight percent trade kicker, um, so that that'll factor into any any deal that that's being made, uh, or he could waive it. Eight uh, percent. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do there. I don't know that the German really fits it. I think they should go after a guy like uh, uh, Robert Covington would be interesting, uh, just because he's a better version of Mo Harkless. He can knock down threes, defend well. Uh, Bogdanovich would be interesting. As, as a sort of a playmaker, I know that's uh, a guy the Lakers have been rumored to go after. Um, Lakers would be so pissed if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, Nemanja Bielica from the Kings, uh, stretch four. Ooh, good um, pronunciation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, he's a guy that, that they could go after just to, you know, as a stretch four, he can defend bigs, but also knock down threes, face the floor out for Kawhi and PG and Lou. Um, it's just interesting because we were talking about guys they can acquire. We're not talking about their biggest question mark. In uh, well, I actually wrote an article about him this morning. It came out this morning, but uh, Montres Harrell, um, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. Probably going to command max money, and there's no idea what they're going to do with him. Well, a move will tell you instantly what they're going to do with him, right? No, that's true. I mean, he signed with Clutch, and we know that Clutch gets their clients paid. So, I mean, if you if you had to guess, I, if I had to guess, I, I'd guess that he's not taking a pay cut this summer, and you probably have to try and get um, either sign him to whatever he's asking for, uh, or write it out maybe, win a title. You know, if he lose, if he walks in free agency, he can walk okay, but at least you want you just, want a title or picture, trade him now before the deadline. I picture him going somewhere, a small market team, and just getting paid. That's it. I mean, I, I think he's. I would assume that he's he's kind of uh, favoring that more than sticking around. Well, if he can if he can get paid max dollar, I think he'd stay. But I just don't know if he's going to get that. Um, you know, we've heard teams like Atlanta being linked to him, and Atlanta's been looking for big men. Like they've been talking about Drummond and now. That'd be Capella. a good fit for him. I think Atlanta'd um, be a good fit for him. Yeah, it would be interesting. I just don't know, you know, if they're actually still in on him because. If they end up trading for a Drummond or a, I don't know, a Capella, that probably takes them out of the equation for them. Well, what it so. could be, like, a Capella could be the big fish, right? 
And then mm-hmm. once once he's off the market, then you start seeing a serious interest in in Harrell, right? It it could be, yeah. I just, I, it feels like there's everyone's waiting for a big domino to fall. Like I think it might be Drummond, where you know once once that question mark happens, then you can proceed and, and build your rosters around basically who you think will be available. Uh, it just feels like D'Angelo or Andre Drummond might be might be the the sort of domino that everyone's waiting to I fall. Just, I just got a little excited and then let down immediately. Did you see Shams last tweet? Uh, I did not. Let's see what he. Bulls guard Zach Levine participated in the three oh, three point contest. Exactly. That's exactly how I reacted. <laughs> Come on. I was like, oh man, him, Gordon, and Dwight in the three in the slam dunk contest. It'd be amazing, especially with it being in Chicago and he's gonna be the hometown guy, right? Well, just for being on the team, but three-point contest, really? Didn't so? Oh, was it Lillard that, I mean, that answered that too? Yeah, everyone That's right now is like everyone Every, right now is like, everybody That's, that that looked at that is going to say exactly the same thing we just said. That's what they're saying. It's like wrong contest. Uh, that's not where I thought the sentence was going. Uh, wrong contest. Um, that's a yeah. Again, uh, Clippers. I, I don't know what they'll do. I think they're going to make a move. They're going to try and improve on on you know. Jermichael Green hasn't been playing that well. Mo Harkless hasn't been playing great. Um, so I think they will they will look to improve in those two positions. Um, Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst mentioned that the Clippers could use a little bit of playmaking and a little bit of size. So maybe a Dwayne Dedman ends up being available. Maybe they get a Darren Collison, all another guy the Lakers are looking at, uh, although that is free agency. Um, right now, it, looks, it, feel, it feels like the Lakers, even though they can't or shouldn't make a move based on what happened recently, it feels like the Lakers are the ones who would need to make a move and not the Clippers. Clippers have only had two games healthy. so And I think they trust what they have inside. Um, you know, even think, if they were not to not make a move, I think Clippers it would be more insurance for for injuries, and for the Lakers it would be more just just improving all around, right? Or fixing fixing their flaws. I mean, we haven't even talked about Andre Iguodala. That's that's buyout potential, but yeah. well, it sounds and, like Memphis him and Collison are in that same group. Nobody's going to trade for Iguodala. But it sounds like the Memphis Grizzlies are going to keep Iguodala if they don't trade him. Um, maybe out of spite. I'm not. That's I'm fun. not sure. I was about to go off the handle there, but no, I think that's pretty stupid, if you ask me. I mean, for what? For what? To, out of spite? I, I don't know. Spite to who, though? I mean, <laughs> hey, Gudala for not showing up and wanting out. Yeah. Like everyone knows he wants out, so you're you're in, you might have to take like a second round pick if that's what it takes. You're gonna have to take you're gonna have to take nothing at some point. Yeah. Well. So. But anyways, um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably do another post trade deadline episode, um, you know, to, to, to see what rosters look like, <laughs> or maybe even tonight if uh, something else happens. You think so? What do you what do you, what are you hearing? You hearing Who anything? knows, man? I just, the way things ramped up this morning, I was like, wow, some some deals are pretty close. I mean, you don't get that much information if if it's not near pulling the trigger. And you're referring to Boston. Uh, Boston yeah, Cap- and Atlanta Capella. looking at Capella. Okay. Yeah, it's all Capella right now. And I like like you said, that first domino to fall, it, it just might trigger everything else. Yeah. That seems to be the way it happens, right? One big trade, and then it's just like boom, 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 boom. And then everybody's done. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, what is it? It's uh, Thursday, you said, right? Thursday so, at 12 uh, Pacific, 3 Eastern. Okay. So uh, by the time we get to the office, we'll know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that that's it for us. Um, we've got, got a little quick one here tonight. But uh, yeah, again, we'll, we'll do more this week after the trade deadline. Uh, that's it for us. As, as usual, you can follow uh, Ryan Ward at Ryan Ward LA on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube now. This mm-hmm. man is expanding his reach. Try. Um, uh, you can follow me at Tomer Zarly. That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm getting on that now, too. Got myself a whole 17 subscribers. <laughs> you getting uh, it, bro. I'm get, hey, I, <laughs> my last couple of days have been fire. Um, and then, as always, you, you can follow the podcast. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave us any comments, questions, concerns, suggestions, all that. Um, give us a five-star review. Anything you'd like to like us to talk about, shoot us a message on Twitter or Instagram, wherever, you're, wherever you are on the most. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone.